Hey everyone, welcome to Pieces of You, a show about life through the lens of four fierce and resilient women who lost their moms too damn soon. Each episode will feature stories to inspire hope, healing, and connection. Because if we work together, we can make the broken better. Hey everyone, this is Shadia, and today we'll be talking all about our physical senses, how they play into our grief, how we remember our mom through our senses, and how we can heal by opening our hearts and minds to them. This episode contains a content warning related to the topic of mother loss. Please check the show notes for a more detailed description. I'd like to start by sharing a recent story about how I got reconnected with my mom through my senses. A few months ago on Memorial Day, my mom's best friend, Joyce, called me. The sound of her voice scared me as I could tell she had been crying. She could barely get the words out. I found it. Found what I said? The video. You see, for the past 27 years, I've wanted to hear my mom's voice again. But my family didn't have a video camera back in the 90s, so I just assumed I would never hear it again. About 10 years ago, Joyce mentioned she had a video of my mom's last Christmas, but she couldn't find it. I thought about that video all the time, but eventually lost hope until I got this call from her. She sent me short clips of the video that day. I was terrified to watch and listen. What would I see, feel, hear? Was it going to fulfill the void I'd been missing all these years? Would I recognize her voice? How did her body move? I never thought I would have so much anxiety to see something I had yearned for. I watched it a few days later by myself. It was Christmas 1994. Our close family friends were all circled around the family room, drinking and chatting before dinner. My mom spoke. I didn't recognize her voice. I thought I would, and that was so sad and frustrating to me. Her voice was so calm, and I recall it being more boisterous. It appeared like a joyful Christmas with lots of smiles, talking, and laughing, but I couldn't help but think, what were they all really feeling? The empath in me knew better. And then came the familiar sound. My mom at the piano playing jingle bells while I sat next to her and turned the pages with a smile on my face. My physical senses were overwhelmed. Watching my mom converse and how her body moved so elegantly the sound of my mom's voice, the taste of the last Christmas dinner, the softness of my green velvet dress, the smell of my mom's perfume. I am forever grateful to Joyce for finding that video. It may not have been what I expected to see, but it also healed me in a way that I can't explain. So that was a lot. Welcome, my friends. (laughs) Thank you for listening to that. So today we're talking about senses. I'd love to hear your take on what I just shared and how it, if it relates to you, kind of like what it brought up for you with your own experience with your mom. That was beautiful, Shadia. You wrote that? I did. And I am a terrible, I have like a lot of insecurities about my writing. Um, and I really just wanted to copy and paste somebody else's stuff into that. But it really just, it really, when it started coming out of me, it was just, it made me realize I actually need to do writing more. Just 
I feel like it's so healing because so many things get stuck in my head and just spin and circle. And to actually write them out, there's no harm in that, right? Like nobody needs to see it. I don't have to share it with anybody. I mean, I did on this podcast, but like in other situations. So I think that's what I actually realized coming out of writing that. I was like, wow, this is, I can do this. Yeah, I really, I I love listening and it brought up so much for me. And I was, I was actually writing stuff down while you were talking because I was thinking of all the things that were coming up for me. You and I have had a conversation about mm-hmm. this video right after it, you saw it. And I shared with you at that time that I have a video of my mom on the Oprah show. <laughs> Which is so great. Like, whose mom has been on Oprah? Epic. Well, <laughs> she was in the audience, so don't get too excited. Uh, but she did stand up and, and ask. She didn't, she didn't ask a question. Sorry. She spoke to Oprah. She actually said Oprah's name. Oprah? Oprah? What? <laughs> was like, uh, this yeah. is the first I'm hearing yeah. of this. This is incredible. But I want to share uh, that I also had a similar feeling about hearing her voice. It was not what I remembered it to be. And I've watched that video many times over the years. So that's been something that's been a part of my life for a long time. But I hadn't watched it in a long time and had, I don't I think it was this winter I watched it. I don't, I don't remember. And I shared it with the kids too. And they were like, oh, they didn't even care. They didn't even care. I was like, that's your grandmother and her voice. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, whatever. They got up and walked away. Uh, but I think that is, it's really hard to hear the voice, her voice and not remember it. And, and I felt like it would be something that would be so clear and just hit me in this way, and it and it it doesn't, it doesn't, mm-hmm. and that's that's really hard. And I love hearing it. She's got a really strong Chicago accent, and she sounds badass, and I love that. Just I, I don't know, just so resolute in what she has to say, and she's very articulate and smart, and you can hear that when she speaks. So. Is that the first time you had heard her voice or do you have other video of her? That's the only, yeah, our family didn't grow up with like a video Mm -hmm. camera or anything like that. So we have nothing like that for our family. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's really the only thing I have. I will say that also when I had my girls watch it, I was expecting like this reaction from them. I'm like, you guys, this is a moment. This is your grandma. And they were like, oh, and then and left, you know, and I was like, <laughs> I was pissed, honestly. I totally, was like, totally. <laughs> you guys are assholes. And then um, it was, totally. it's been interesting though, because they've processed it since then and they have brought up things. Like, remember when she played the piano? Because now they're like there, like they were sitting at the piano in their heads. So I'm like, it wasn't null and void. <laughs> I know that my mom had the most soft and soothing voice. And it's interesting because as I'm getting older and, you know, starting this podcast, I'm like hearing myself more. I'm noticing I have a very similar voice and I really appreciate that. Like I feel very connected to her in that way. My mom died when I was four and a half. So I was so young. My memories aren't really like conscious memories. Like I can't go back like from the view of me in first person, but we actually have tons of family videos, and that's a a really cool story. I don't know if I should tell it now or later. Why we got this, ended up getting a 
like a VHS video camera back in the 90s because they were really expensive and like very, you know, unique, I guess, for like not just like a lot of families didn't have them. And so we were really lucky to have one. I guess I'll just quickly share this story. So I was told that my mom was invited to go on this cruise with one of her best friends when I was just like a couple years old. Maybe I was an infant. I it was, you know, I was between 0 and like 3 years old. And again, I was told that she didn't want to spend that much time away from me and to be that far away from me. And, you know, as I retell this story now, it's like very clear that the intention of sharing this with me at such a young age was, I think, for me to know that my mom loved me so much and cared about me so much and didn't want to leave me. And so it is really heartbreaking to rethink about this story because it's like she really did love me. And that's, you know, it's sad that she's gone. But um, she decided to forego or, you know, um, you know, graciously decline this offer to go on the cruise for those reasons. And her friend um, instead ended up buying her this video camera with the money that she was going to use to like treat her to this cruise. And so then our family had this video camera that we were able to capture so many hours and hours and hours of memories because my dad, who, you know, if you listen to the dad's episode, you'll here, you know, he struggled with mental health issues most of his life. And so the video camera was actually, I now realize, a way for him to kind of like hide behind something and feel safe and um, comfortable because he was just the one who was always capturing things. And I'm so grateful to him for that. And so I actually grew up from a very young age watching, you know, after my mom died, I would just watch these videos as though they were like, you know, a cartoon or a Disney movie. You know, they were on the shelf with all of those movies and I would watch them. And so, so many of my memories of my mom are through the lens Mm. of that camera. And I can see things like kind of from a bird's eye view and it's, it is really beautiful. What a gift. I know Christine says that all the time, but like to have those, it's, it's, to me, it feels like a meant to be thing, right? Like she didn't go on the trip mm-hmm. and now that's a, a real bummer probably for her that she right. experienced that. But now you get the experiences of who she was. And it's actually been like, I don't have a VHS player right now. And it's been years since I've watched these videos. And so this conversation is actually reminding me that I, I, I don't know what my reaction is going to be at this point in my life to hearing her voice again. Mm. I fear it's going to hurt a lot. So I think I'm avoiding that. It's really powerful. Sarah, have you thought about getting those converted to DVD? Yeah. Oh, for years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something, again, it's like that in, you know, psychological resistance. Cause I think that, you know, it's possible it's, um, I guess other barriers would be the fear that, cause I've heard you have to like send in the original tapes and I guess I have, and I've heard other people express it. It seems like a really typical fear with this, you know, you're sending in these precious one of a kind mm-hmm. heirlooms and then, um, 
yeah, there's a fear of something happening sure. to them in the process. I have a great local place yeah. in town <gasps> called Token Media that we've used for other things. And it's like, to me, I want to mm-hmm. hand deliver that to them. I want them to see yes. my face and be like, this is all I yeah. have. So I don't trust sending something yeah. to a company. So I would, I would, and they've done, oh. they do an amazing job. And we sent them old, it was for, we did it actually for my husband's family, but we sent them like old film and stuff. And they were very respectful and cautious and stuff. So anyways, we have a place. Shout out to Token Media. <laughs> we have a place in Roseville too, Sarah, if you, that's where I took. I think I've driven by it. It looks like a. I'm like, is that real? Like, it looks like a cover-up business. <laughs> it's real. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, but I that's where I took the VHS tape of my mom on Oprah. So <laughs> they did a good job. All right. That's or awesome. Sarah, if you don't want to wait, just go to your local thrift store and buy a VHS player. It's <laughs> like five bucks at your local thrift store. They have VHS players all the sure. time. I still have my combo DVD VHS player that I've had since I was... 16. Like I still have my original one and it's, I take very, I baby it because I have so many old VHS tapes, like all my old Disney movies and stuff. Like I baby Mm -hmm. it because I, all of that stuff is very sentimental to me. And I like to have like the physical copies. So go to a thrift store and buy like a five, $10 VHS player. And then, you know, I have some memories of that. It's, we never owned a video camera ourselves. I have family members who did, particularly one aunt and uncle there. Funnily enough, they're the ones that I lived with after my mom died. They had a video camera in the 90s. And we hung out all the time. Like our extended families were very close. So like I'm as a kid, I'm like toddling around with their kids and stuff on some of the videos. Um, but there are two videos that stick out in my mind that I've seen. And one of them is so my aunt and uncle and cousins moved in with my mom and I for about three months. One year when I was a kid, they were in the process of moving. My uncle had gotten a new job and they didn't have, they hadn't bought their new house yet. So they moved in with us during a transitional period. So it was like these three adults and these like four kids running around in like my house I remember it being really fun because every day was like a sleepover. It was fantastic. But we all celebrated that Christmas together because they moved in in like December. And they, of course, had their video camera. And I think, I don't remember, I was maybe, maybe I was like nine at the time. I was pretty young still. Um, It's been years now. I'd like to see it again soon, Um, especially like thinking about and prepping for this episode. But yeah, like, you know, my uncle would hold the camera and then my aunt would, and there's all kids on the floor and just wrapping paper everywhere. And my mom is like sitting in like her chair and she has like her, like, she has this like one, I, I, I have such specific, very vivid memories. She had this like one nightgown that she always wore. I think any of my family members listening, they know the one, they know the one I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) Wait, what does it? What it? What it, it, it was? Like, it was, it was fine. It was this big, like, like kind of like, like thicker, like really warm, like flannelly material. It was black, but it had these like ribbons, like stitched into it, like this cross pattern. It was very like nineteen eighty nine. 
I can totally visualize this. Oh my God. I knew it was, was going like to be like a, black, a thick cotton. Yeah, like a thick cotton, like a black just nightgown. And she just wore it all the time. And she put, she wear like, especially in the winter, she wear like leggings or long johns underneath it and like her slippers. So like she was wearing that in the video and everybody's got their coffee because it's like 6 a.m. All four of us kids are like presents. And yeah, everybody's joking around and she puts a bow on her head at one point and just like being silly with all the kids. Um, that's one of my favorite videos. And then another one that I think I watched more recently. So there was a time when like my whole entire extended family got pictures taken, like as a family, um, like aunts and uncles, on my cousins, the entire family at, for some reason, it's such a, it's a very nineties thing to do. Like I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wow. I, wow. And I have those pictures in a tote somewhere. I'm like, this is very clearly the year 1998. Did every family have their own color? No, you know, no, 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 no. We just, we okay. dressed like nicely. We didn't have like okay. color coordination or matching sweaters or anything. That would have been a little over the top. Um, it was, <laughs> it, it was a little classier than that. But um, so I remember hearing my, my aunt um, had told me I think a few years ago, but when I watched it again, I kept this in mind. My aunt had told me, she goes, that day that we were all taking those family photos, your mom had just found out that she had breast cancer. And as I watched the video, you can see it. You can see something behind her eyes that is a little bit reserved and she's clearly very distracted, like having fun and everything. And like, I'm playing with my cousins, but she's so clearly distracted. And it's so like, it's wild to me to think about, like, I can very clearly see that like in her face, that something is really giving her anxiety and really painting her. Those are two very specific like videos that I've seen. And like, I get very, um, like I have very strong reactions to because one, I mean, one of them is like very happy and you can so clearly see my mom's personality. And then the other one, just knowing like that darkness behind where she was that day, it's like hard to watch now, like knowing that she was going through that all alone at that time and was still showing up for me in 110% capacity. I had a similar feeling to that watching the video, knowing like she only had 10 days to live after that and that she was just fully engaged in a conversation. Everyone else there knew that she was going to die soon within the next year, probably less. We didn't know as, as kids or whatever. And I think it's just, it, it consumes me to be like, I mean, how could you do that? Right? Like I would just be crying in the corner. I, you you never know how you're going to react obviously, but it's hard to not take on those emotions on yourself when it's your mom. So in addition to watching these videos, I was wondering, um, you know, smells play into our life, obviously, daily. And I just didn't even realize how many different smells were going to remind me of my mom, good, bad, or not just my mom, but like the memories that came along with losing her. For example, at my mom's funeral, they had lilies, apparently, a lot of lilies, and as I was growing up, I would always like smell lilies, but I never knew and I hated them and I couldn't figure out my connection. And finally, I think it like in after college, I remember Nick, I think, got me a bouquet or something or maybe it was before this, but 
he came home and it had a lily in it. And I was like, I'm sorry, Nick, you ha- we have to take that out of there because it reminded me of my mom's funeral, but it took me so long to actually figure out what that smell was. And now I despise lilies because it is like a funeral to me, not the end of the world, but something that has definitely affected me, but took me so long to figure out. It's really the same story, except, okay, so my mom died the day before Easter on a Saturday. So Easter lilies were everywhere. And it also happened to be her favorite flower. So at her funeral, which was the Tuesday after she died, there, I mean, the whole church was just lilies. And the funeral home was lilies. And really, Shadia, the same for so long, I actually thought that smell was the funeral home. Same. Same, same, same. I didn't realize that that was the flower yes. in the funeral home. <laughs> and though I always loved the lily because it was my mom's favorite flower, I actually have a tattoo on my right foot of a lily in honor of her. Uh, but your can't, your foot can't and, smell like a lily, no. so that's a positive. <laughs> right. Smell like other things. Right. I have gotten over that smell, and I I don't remember exactly when it was that I realized. Oh my god, that's actually the flower, not the funeral home. But that's crazy. It's really like exact exact same experience. Really, that oh. smell. Ugh. I'm proud that you've gotten over it. I cannot. <laughs> I remember, like I would. Every year for Mother's Day, I would get my mom like a bouquet of flowers and they would be like lilies from on the avenue, that store that I mentioned before, too, uh-huh. back yep. in Belgrade. Um, but so lilies, <laughs> specifically tiger lilies, and we had them at her funeral. That was something that I said. I was like, yo, we're getting lilies for the funeral. Tiger lilies. Like I was very specific. I have a lily tattooed right behind my ear. <sighs> Um, oh my gosh. Uh, so funny. I love that. Um, but I don't hate lilies. I still really like them. I like the look of them. I don't feel like I have much to contribute to the lily conversation. <laughs> it just smells gen- generally, I'm wondering about. I Well, yeah. And I, I'm feeling kind of like an outsider in this regard because I, I don't recall this, my mom's funeral um, being, I know again from we, it was being filmed. Now that I, you know, this is kind of interesting to think about. Um, memory I have is from watching the video of my mom's funeral, which is outside. It's in Wisconsin at a, a cemetery. So I don't remember the smell of any specific flowers, but the scents that bring me back to her and that time almost instantly are rosemary and pools. Not together. <laughs> just I'd love to be in a pool separately. full of rosemary. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> so the rosemary, interestingly enough, I think it's rosemary. It was a smell that would like kind of, uh, it's, it, it's hard. I was so young and my memories are like so not vivid. But I don't know if you guys remember the sculpture garden used to have like a glass building. It looks yeah. like almost like a big structure and there was a like a fish Mm -hmm. sculpture inside of it my mom was a Montessori toddler teacher at a like a little school called child garden in Minneapolis that was right next to the sculpture garden the Walker Art Center and I was I attended 
child garden and my mom was my teacher, really sweet. Um, and we would often go on like, you know, class trips where you see all the toddlers on the rope, you know, holding, holding onto the rope. We would go down to the sculpture garden and then go into this. Um, I forget what those are called, where they're just plants inside. They're warm and greenhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a greenhouse and um, the smell of like, as a kid, I didn't know what it was. I just, I'm sure an adult, you know, probably told me, but I just had this association of this smell with my mom. And then later in life, when I would smell rosemary, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just, it would fill me with this like really nice feeling. It's kind of hard to describe. And then pools, um, I loved, again, I, I don't have firsthand account, like vivid memories, but there's videos of my mom holding me in the pool and us swimming together. And I love water. I actually just went swimming this morning. It is, it is so calming and soothing to me. And that smell of the chlorine specifically like in an indoor apartment building pool is what really takes me back. That's a specific chlorine pool smell. It's very specific. (laughs) Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. Okay, so I have two more smells that I want to share mostly because I really want to ask our listeners if they can if they know something for me. So Olay facial products remind me of my mom, the scent of it. She used those all the time. The face wash, the lotion, Olay. That was her skincare product. She used that all the time. The smell of it, like in a store, I'm just like, it I think my mom is standing right next to me. The other one is there is a perfume from Liz Claiborne. And I don't remember the name of it. And I'm pretty sure it was discontinued years ago, but it came packaged in a yellow triangle bottle. If anybody knows the name of it, sees it on eBay. If like it's sitting around in like someone, you know, like closet. I honestly, uh-huh. I think I'd love to get my hands on a bottle of it. Seriously. I, I'm sensing a sweet Tell me <laughs> if. If anyone out there knows the Liz Claiborne perfume in the yellow triangular bottle, what's the name of it? Can I find it? I mean, mm-hmm. I won't pay a thousand bucks for it, but you know, just let me know. Cause oh my gosh, you can be a guest. You can be a guest. You can, uh, you can be a guest. We will feature you on our social media. <laughs> Ugh, yes. Let's uh, let's make a deal. So I will trade you something anyway. So if anyone out there knows, please let me know, message, email us, whatever, because I'd love to get my hands on a bottle of that. I love that so much. My mom also wore really distinct perfumes. Like, I guess I would say like, high, probably high end, like we would go to Dayton's and she would get perfumes and she had a perfume lady, you guys, that would work there. I like loved this lady. And it's interesting because after my mom died, when I would go back to the mall, I would still go visit that lady. Like I wanted to see her and chat with her and I wanted her to see me. And I have not ever thought about that. I feel like the three of you, you're the way that you've talked about your moms and how, or especially Aaron and Shadia with like their love of lipstick and makeup and perfumes. Like my mom was not like that at all. She did wear lipstick and and some rouge on her cheeks. But that wasn't something that was modeled for me. And it's funny because I totally don't, I'm not, I do not gravitate towards that stuff at all. Like, I just don't care. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel good though when I do put stuff on. 
So as you guys were talking, I was thinking about when we moved to Wisconsin and our house there, and I was like in the bathroom with her. I'm picturing all this while you're talking. And then I remember this time when she went to work and she had two pairs of the same shoe, one in a dark blue and one in a black. And she left in the morning with one of the shoes was the dark blue and one was the black. And I I don't know why I was thinking about this while you guys were talking, but I remember her coming home with the two different colored (laughs) shoes on. But she was, she was so, she just had this lightness about her and this like ease about her again that I just think I will never have because she died. (laughs) It's her fault. I don't have that. But she just thought it was the funniest thing. Like it was just no big deal. It was funny. She was like, I feel like an idiot, but she, her, all of her students thought it was super funny. She was a teacher and (laughs) I don't know. I just, it was, that was good just to be brought back to that memory. How do you feel like you would respond in that situation? Oh, I probably wouldn't care. I mean, I probably laugh, but I, again, I, I think that she just was so silly. She just had this ease that was, I just wish I could relate to. I don't. (laughs) We are going to do an exercise and not like a running exercise because that would be weird, but um, we would love our listeners to participate. So If you're driving, that's fine. Um, But if you are able to be in a space where you can sit and close your eyes and then have some time for writing, um, I think it would benefit everybody. And even if you can come back to this at another time, I think it will be um, a good experience. So I found this. It's a connecting with sensory memory through writing. And I found it at whatsyourgrief.com. So we'll reference that as well. But it's a three-step exercise. The first is visualizing. The second is writing what you visualized. And then the third is sharing. We're going to do it here. Uh, We'll just, you know, just feel free to pause the podcast while you are doing each of these steps. And then, you know, push play to hear what we have to say. Um, And I would suggest that our listeners at the end, like we obviously are going to share here what we visualized and wrote down. But... I think, you know, sharing your story is something we always talk about on our pod and how it can be so healing. So if you are able to share, you know, your visualization with somebody, anybody, I think, I think it could benefit all of us. So, and if you don't want to, that's fine too, but that's something to consider. So the first step that we're going to do is visualize. So sit in a quiet place and close your eyes and imagine your loved one. If they were sick the last time you saw them, imagine them without pain or distress. Imagine them in a place they liked somewhere they were happy or at ease. Or think about a happy memory you shared with them. Sit with these images and memories for a little while and as you do, really look at them and ask yourself, where is my loved one in this memory? What are they doing? What do they look like, smell, what are the sounds around you, and what do things feel like? This visualization may evoke many feelings. For example, it may be painful, bittersweet, comforting, confusing, or overwhelming. Notice how the visualization makes you feel and try to stay with it for a little while, even if it's painful. We will begin and do this for about three to five minutes. 
Okay, we are going to come back. I hope everybody's feeling okay about the visualization. I know it can be hard and challenging and it can bring back lots of feelings. I think it will be good in the end. So the step two that we're going to do is writing. Get out a journal or a piece of paper. And for the next few minutes, however long you want, however long you can spend, write a vivid description of your visualization, especially your sensory memory. If you noticed your loved one's blue eyes, what shade of blue were they? Did she embrace you with eager arms or in a way that made you feel safe, loved, and protected? Or maybe not. If you smelled her perfume, was it the smell of fresh lilacs or warm vanilla or something bold? Don't just list facts. Use your five senses, feel, touch, taste, sight, and sound to make your memory three-dimensional. Try not to edit or censor yourself. Just let your words flow and let them take you where they want to go. Don't worry if you end up off topic, just as long as you continue to journal about your loved one and your grief. Okay, everyone, we are going to stop writing at this time. And for the three other co-hosts on here, I just, I wanted to get your take on how you're generally feeling coming out of that writing, and then we'll share what each of us actually wrote. I actually really enjoyed the process. A lot of times when I go back in time to memories when my mom was alive, it it often focuses on the really hard moments. When she was really sick, there were some really sad moments when the, and scary moments. And I, again, I tend to return to those, but I was trying to not do that for this. So um, I went back to a memory that was just joyful and fun. And so it, it, I don't, it felt really good. It felt really good to me to go back there and think of specifically her laughter, which I write about. So my family was over <laughs> on a summer day for a gathering. I'm not sure if it was a holiday or not, but my but my mom needed to cut the watermelon, and for some reason, I went into the kitchen with her. She placed the chilled watermelon on the countertop, took out the sharp knife, and sliced right down the middle. As the melon broke open, the inside spilled out. Nothing solid, all liquid. It was rotten. I remember in that moment looking at her for her reaction, and she immediately started laughing. Her perfect, beautiful laugh. That's it. (laughs) I love that. It's so relatable. Because how many times do you have like something planned as a mom or just anybody? And then that's how you saw your mom too, as somebody who maybe didn't take life so seriously. I love that. And I love the slice of the watermelon, the way you describe that. I really remember looking at her worried about what her reaction was going to be, you know, anticipating, yeah. like, is she going to be mad or what's going to happen here? And then she just, it was like ridiculous that that happened. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen anything like it since. And it was, it was really funny. It was everywhere, everywhere. Thank you for sharing. Sarah, how did the visualization make you feel? It was really hard for me. 
as I talked about earlier, a lot of my memories are from the perspective of home videos I've watched. And it's been years since I've even watched the home videos. I was so young. And so I feel like my memories are much more fragmented. And that really comes through in what I wrote. I'll read it and then I can talk a little bit more about it. But I I said, I embrace my mom with my soft and little slippery fingers, water droplets covering our exposed skin, pressed firmly into each other's bodies. I hear her voice soft and soothing in my ear, echoing off the water. I feel cold yet safe. Her skin is warm and hard to hold on to. And this is a memory of me being held by her in the water in a pool. And yeah, it was crazy because I've like had, I've thought back to this memory plenty of times. Like I've like just gone there, you know, momentarily, but doing this exercise really forced me to like live it again and try to remember the smells, the sounds, the feelings. And it was so much more vivid and, and yeah, a lot emotionally is coming up with it. And so I'm definitely going to need to be attentive to that and try and process it. Do you feel more connected to your mom by doing that? Or do you feel like you're kind of like, it's, it's too hard and you kind of want to push it away? I think it's honestly a lot of the too hard just mm-hmm. because I haven't been, I haven't let myself go there for so long. Like this conversation is really reminding me how long it's been since I've remembered her, not just this idea of her, but like her actual physical presence in my life. Um, because it feels like that was so long ago that I even had that. And it was just, it was still so important, obviously, and has made such an impact on me. I wish I could remember things more clearly. I'm impressed that you can remember that, honestly, when you're four. I mean, I don't have any memories that young. So I think that's actually such a gift. Well, and I can't even tell you, like, I'm kind of trusting my intuition when I write. And I think that's important too for people listening to know that it's okay to write what's coming into your head and not question, you know, is this right? Did this really happen? I'm really trusting that whatever is coming up is real. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I, I couldn't be like, oh, I for sure was, you know, I remember, you know, the droplet of water, you know, on her skin. But yeah, it's just this sense of trust that these things happened and this is how this is how I remember them. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I didn't focus on a specific memory like you guys did. I went with like the visualizing like them in their happy place or something like that, like something comforting, something where like it was very everyday. Like this is something that happened a lot. I I kind of think that it's like an amalgamation of several different memories, but I know all of them to be true. And this is, this is like a typical, a typical setting for us. Love it. Um, Just preface that. Um, I really enjoyed doing this 
and it like makes it fills me with a lot of joy to do this. Like, oh, it's just so comforting, but uh, it makes me feel really sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's very comforting. But I have to be careful to not sit in that comfort for too long. And I guess what I mean by that is like sit in the fantasy or like sit in this, this warm, because coming out of it, coming out of it to this reality, that's the hard part. That's the difficult part is coming back to what is and what is not. And I think that that is the hard part for me. It's not accessing the memories. It's coming back from the memory to the present where she is no longer here. You're blowing my mind, Erin. I'm realizing like that, that resonates so deeply for me because it's, you're absolutely right. Like it's not, it's not that I um, am so much avoiding the memories for, for the memories themselves. It's, it's avoiding having to come back from those memories. And that is what is happening through this exercise. And it is really painful and comforting, like you're Mm -hmm. saying. At first it's comforting and then it's really painful. It's like a, it's like a sour patch kid. <laughs> and, the, and the opposite. <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> the other way around. It's like a sour patch kid, but it's like first it, oh my gosh. Uh, but yes. <laughs> I love a good analogy. So keep them coming. It's very relatable to me. <laughs> uh, all right. So my mom and I are sitting on our couch in the evening. She's wearing her black cotton nightgown and the pink fuzzy slippers I bought for her for Christmas when I was eight years old. She hates the slippers, but she wears them every day because I bought them for her and she loves me more than she hates the slippers. She smells of Olay moisturizer and some of her makeup remover, which is what she does to get comfy for the night. We've just made dinner in the form of some snack trays, which is our favorite way to lounge on the couch and eat dinner together. Meat, cheese, veggies, fruit, basically a cheap charcuterie board. And it's all in a spread on the coffee table. And my cat is right next to me on the couch and the dog is on the floor next to my mom. We're probably either watching... American Idol, or probably an Alfred Hitchcock movie together. A few times while we're watching, she asks me about school or friends or the boy that I like, which one is it this week? Um, And she probably teases me in her loving and sarcastic way about any or all of those things. When I roll my eyes at her, she pulls me in for a massive hug And she calls me one of her nicknames for me, which was my honey boo. Oh, man. We are all smiling ear to ear. That is just pure, real joy, what you just shared. And it also makes me cry, actually, because it's so, it's so lovely. (laughs) And it's so sad that, that that's gone to do fuckingality. (laughs) yeah that was evenings that we would spend together that was a typical like weeknight or something 
we loved only competition reality shows. We didn't watch any other reality crap, but we watched competition reality (laughs) shows together. But she also introduced me to a lot of old movies, old black and white films. Um, That story about the slippers is very real. They were very ugly, but she wore them every single day. Do you still have those slippers? No, no, I don't don't have a lot of, a lot of things. Um, And again, I think a lot of things were gotten rid of and happened in those couple of years after where I blacked it out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know where anything went or what happened to it, but they are gone, but I can picture them so clearly in my head. And I remember what I was thinking when I bought them too. Hearing all of these stories too reminds me of the feeling of yearning that I had so much growing up when I saw other people with, you know, whenever I saw mothers or like mother-daughter relationships or just people who I wanted, I, I wouldn't consciously necessarily think this, but I like had this desire for them to mother me and be my mom. And in all of your stories, I'm just like yearning for whatever it was you were receiving in those moments. Like, and Erin, you talking about your mom and her slippers and robe and like smelling like makeup remover and Olay is like, I'm like that. It's weird. Cause it's like, that feels relatable. Like that could be me now. And I like also like just want to cozy up with this person and like have them take care of me. And just like, they just sound amazing. I'll go last. To be honest with you, this was hard for me just because hosting the episode, I'm really in my head as far as steps and what I'm supposed to be doing. And so it was hard to get out of that um, logistical mindset for this, Um, but I, I still tried. And actually, the first thing that kept coming to me is now this created memory of the video that I watched, even though I did have memories of that, but now since I've watched this Christmas video, now that is like a, such a strong memory in my head, but it's not a true, it's a memory of the video I watched. So anyways, I tried to get away from that and create um, something else in this. This is true and probably one of my most fond memories of my mom. We were sitting outside in the hot sun. My mom loved the sun. She loved being burnt to a crisp and turning the nicest color brown you've ever seen. I was five or so. My mom was in her little bikini on her plastic trifold lawn chair, lathered in Tropicana oils that smelled like coconut. The kids, my siblings and I, filled buckets of water to cool off my mom's feet. And every time we did it, she would shriek in kind of like joy and It was so cold and shock. She brought out red Kool-Aid and root beer popsicles. And root beer popsicles were her favorites. So we would all, and banana popsicles, we would always eat those together. And there were a lot of laughs and screaming from the cold water. And we also had a kid's pool, like a plastic kid's pool that was filled up. And I would be playing over there in the water, splashing around, and she'd be laying out and... Mm. All was well with the world. I love that. So much amazing imagery there too. I felt I felt like I could smell those smells and you know taste those tastes of the popsicles and Kool Aid and I know I haven't seen those. Popsicles. I can taste 
the root beer popsicle and the banana. I can taste it and I want one now. I'm craving, mm-hmm. craving those popsicles. I know. Yeah, I want a root beer one. <laughs> We're going to have a gathering. I'm bringing a watermelon. It's not going to be the rotten. charcuterie board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Aaron's bringing the cheap charcuterie board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll bring oh, yeah. But it's going to be like the low class one. I like that. I like, because that's how I grew yeah, up too. Yeah, the like, little yeah, kitty yeah. pool. Yeah. I'll bring and the pool to simulate the water <laughs> on it. Yes. We'll have a, a, a sensory day together. <laughs> <laughs> and that Liz Claiborne yellow triangle. Oh, yes. I can't wait to start searching for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, you are. I'm gonna buy some bottles of that. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think we are going to wrap up today. Um, I hope. Our audience enjoyed this exercise. It was the first time trying it. So we would love your feedback on if you'd like to do more of these exercises um, with us or if it was lame. (laughs) We can't wait to hear either way. We're open. Um, But thank you to my lovely co-host for being so vulnerable and open. And I loved your humor and joy today. So Uh, Thank you, ladies. You're the best. So good. Thank you. Thanks, Shadia. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. We release new content every other Tuesday. Our next episode is all about self-care. You can listen wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also find us at piecesofyoupodcast.com and on Instagram and Facebook at piecesofyoupodcast. If you love our pod, please rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Take care of yourselves. And remember, if we work together, we can make the broken better. When you feel like you need glue to put back pieces of you, then we will work together to make the broken better. When the wounds are fresh and new and you don't think that they'll heal soon You gotta stay open If you share your story, it will get better Though it doesn't feel like ever and you'll get stronger It's a journey we'll get through together So let us lift you up, let us keep you grounded Tears stream down, wipe them off and look around Oh, we are here We are always here for you We are here We are always here for you